0: Whether you're a writer of books or songs or a reader of books and a listener to songs, you're going to really enjoy these interviews with some of our leading songwriters and authors. I certainly enjoyed conducting them. My name is Sophie Green and I am your host. Matt Jogal was born in Aotearoa, New Zealand and now lives in Melbourne. He has released four solo albums over the past few years and he also works with other artists as a writer and producer. His latest album is The Exceptionally Good, Between Tonight and Tomorrow, which I recommend everyone go and listen to immediately. Hello, Matt.
1: Hi there and thank you for your recommendation. I very much appreciate
0: it. Oh, It's just such a wonderful album and I'm not sure when I'll ever stop listening to it, which means I've got a backlog of other things, but that's a different... Different,
1: visit it, you know, it <laughs> that's right. Mind you, of a, of a time, and uh, I think that's a wonderful thing. You don't need to stop.
0: I'm not planning to, and it has 11 songs on it. Um, I'm wondering if there were more than 11 when you started, and that means you had to cull the selection for this album.
1: Usually, I would say yes, but for this one, um they were just all the right songs. It's so like we got to that exact number and that was, and that was it. Uh, I just, again, with the track listing, I wanted it to be succinct and nothing but what was essential. And that's the same with the instrumentation. Mm-hmm. That's the same with the artwork. That's the same with the lyrics, mm-hmm. it's a lot of space. It's sparse, it's uh, direct and, I guess, yeah, that's even reflected in the track listing. But usually I would write 15, 20, 25 songs for a record, but in this one I, I don't think so. I think it was probably around that amount, maybe just a little over.
0: So it sounds like you had a conception for the, the project, but in itself that suggests you might have edited things without even realising it. To arrive at the 11 without having to bring others and call them, you've kind of self-edited to that selection.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think each song is uh, the songs are really personal on this record so each song whilst cohesive and hopefully tying into the other songs and themes uh, each song embodies its own emotion and once I would painted that picture and delivered that I felt okay that's done, we mm-hmm. can do something else now and uh, when I got to about that that mark of that many songs, I felt that was enough of an emotional roller coaster for people. We can we can stop there and and the, and the journey had ended and that song closing in was always going to be the last song on the record. Um, so yeah, there was you know, self-editing. I edit pretty early and I have a team of people now that I'll send off songs relatively early right go hmm. But even before I send them, I've generally been pretty harsh on myself. Okay. These days, these days. <laughs> time is, I don't have as much time, so I have to be more stringent. I'm not All just right. firing off demos to my engineers and and, and co- uh, guitarists anymore.
0: But do you think it's also that because you've written quite a few songs, you're just sharper? Like the, the instrument is sharper, so to speak.
1: Definitely. I mean, you'd like to think you improve as a songwriter. I certainly have. and. Um, I was saying that to a bandmate the other day. We were talking about how this album had really resonated, and we were really fortunate with reviews. And like yourself, you'd sent me some lovely messages like "can't stop listening to your record," and uh, and those those they thrill me. And we've had like a, a fair bit of that for this record in the few weeks it's been out, and uh, feature albums and things like that. And we're sort of thinking like, hmm, you know, what is it about this album? Uh, and I did say, I was like, you know what? I think we may have actually improved. (laughs) We may have actually gotten better over the years. Uh, I think on this record, it's it's the most coherent. Mm -hmm. And that's by design. Some of them I was trying to branch out and be different things. And on this one, it's like a very clear idea of what we're trying to do and it just, funnels funnels through, and I think that's what's connecting with people.
0: And it is a very personal record, as you've said, uh, and drawn on your own experiences, but because you're being specific about those experiences, they are universal. So for this record, your experiences have inspired you. I'm wondering if generally in songwriting, uh, are there things that regularly inspire you? Are you someone who looks around at the natural world, for example, and thinks, I like that tree, and I can get an idea from that? Because often people who are looking to write songs or anything Uh, wonder where inspiration comes from
1: yeah it's all inspiration on a daily uh there's there's content for your songs all around you you can go hunting for it uh used to go to the train station in London I'd watch people say goodbye and greet and just be around that those emotions uh but I think for me when you, uh, like for people on average, when they sort of enter into their thirties and that's a time when people go through a lot of change, mm-hmm. they have enough age to reflect on things, have an understanding of the world. So there was enough that I've gone through uh, as, a, as a human, as an artist, that I could find uh, ideas and concepts that I wanted to convey two people and I felt that I also had the tools to do it over mm. developing as a songwriter. Uh, and you realize some of the some of the themes that other people seem to go through as well. And uh, so you I speak about them on the record. And whilst it's cathartic, it also I think is the opportunity for it to connect with people. Um, so yeah a lot of the record I'll take and in your experience but then in some of the environments that I'm in you talk about a tree or something like that I like to paint a visceral picture to start with um, you know if you can put that imagery in people's head with mm-hmm. a shipwreck on the on the and you have the visceral image of a shipwreck and that being a metaphor for a relationship or for someone's mm-hmm. life. Um, you know we are born later in the record I open with a there's a cold wind blowing down south slowly chasing the rain and from your window you can so you set that scene mm-hmm. and that, I grew up in that environment that's wow. the, to me that's that's that environment so uh, I think your surroundings for me play a big picture and especially in that visceral element which is so key and so mm-hmm. I want to paint a picture for people I think it can help to resonate with the listener
0: I often think songwriting requires so much discipline because, you know, novelists have a whole lot of words in which to express something. Um, But in a song, you have some verses, chorus, bridge, and, you know, not many minutes in which to do it. Now, you have a background writing poetry. So I'm wondering if you learnt that discipline when you were writing poetry regularly.
1: It's so interesting you say that because that's always what impresses me most when someone can write a story in three minutes you know and also the chorus generally is a repeat refrain mm. so like you really got two verses and a bridge to say a story and uh a friend of mine who does it really well Grant Lee Phillips of a band called Grant Lee Buffalo from the 90s sort of old Americana artist I want to hear a song called Jupiter and teardrop he talks about this whole relationship between this young couple and um he eventually goes down in a hail of gunfire and I just remember being like, wow, he just wrote that whole story. That was amazing. Uh, and it's something that I wanted to emulate. Dylan does it well as well, but Dylan has like 10 verses. So <laughs> he kind of cheats in that respect, but he is, he is the greatest. So yeah, like in closing in again, as the last song on the record, that's about a whole relationship from start to finish. Like a mm-hmm. I tried to do that in three and a half minutes and you really have to make every word count. Mm-hmm. Phrase count everything there's no fact just everything has to be poignant otherwise you just wasted a line mm-hmm. uh, but I, I love that you know, I love that about songwriting and it is that's almost one of the greatest challenges you know get your story across mm-hmm. three to four minutes that's a challenge yeah you know.
0: do you think um, now that you have written quite a few songs that you trust your instinct about the right word to choose? Again, back to the discipline of it because you don't have many words in which to express, say, a whole relationship. <coughs> so when you're looking at that song and you're thinking, what is the right word? Is it is it a, an intellectual exercise of going, oh, I've got to find something to fit here? Or is it instinctual? Or both, maybe.
1: It's, it's instinctual to start with. Uh, and then I try to step back, gain some objectivity, and use songwriting techniques and whatever I've developed and learned and apply them to the immediate instinct that I had you don't (laughs) you don't want to dampen that fire and that initial spirit that spark that creates songs because I think that comes from an emotion that doesn't come from a technical aspect that needs to be a release at least for me and a lot of artists so I'll try to take that sort of ball of fire and then you then step back and try to refine it right uh, and one of the challenges for me is having written you know four albums and written albums for other people and uh, writing albums with other people must be 10 albums or something uh, I don't want to go over the same ground mm-hmm. and I don't want to repeat the same lyrics uh, so that is becoming a challenge. In saying that, I have noticed a, something that I hadn't ever considered early on in my career, which was the opportunity you're afforded in having been around a little while. So now I can homage my own songs and other people's songs that I know. Uh, I, so for instance, song called Sweet Collapse on the new record, mm-hmm. which is a sequel to Georgia Rose off my seven years record. Mm-hmm further down the road in that same journey. And I can reference the same places. I reference my own lyrics. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Sweet Claps, I say, I said a river to the sea, times I was in too deep. So that's a direct reference to Georgia Rose, where I mentioned uh, travelling down these streets alone, you know, like a river flowing to the sea. So I reference myself. <laughs> like, that's my one luxury. I can make <laughs> sequels to my own work. I really am enjoying embodying that. So Sweet Collapse, I even say in the chorus, you heard me write my rose, you Mm -hmm. know, ain't going back and that is direct reference to Georgia Rose. So that was a wonderful, uh, that was a wonderful experience. Finally being at a place where I could start to do that. So it has opened up some new ground. I was concerned I was running out of material. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Think you're absolutely allowed to refer to your own material. Um, I remember once reading a quote from Sting years ago where he said, it's totally fine to plagiarize yourself as mm-hmm. a songwriter.
1: Well, Bowie does it with Major Tom. So I wanted to create characters that I can reference. And maybe I'll reference Georgia Rose again a third time down the road. It's I think it's a really cool thing. I like when Bowie does it. Uh so yeah. Um, I really liked what you said
0: a little while ago about the idea of the ball of fire. So take the ball of fire and try to refine it. I think you said it's like, that's, that's a really visceral concept and also amazing and descriptive in and of itself. So more question.
1: It is, it's just a really powerful, no matter how terrible your initial concept is, it can still be such a powerful thing to you because it was, maybe a release of emotions Mm. and pain, maybe you were joyous and celebrating. And so you wrote this and you expressed that. So that is such a powerful thing to be able to do or to have. Uh, They don't always make their way onto records, but um, I think that's an important expression in and of itself. And then, yeah. And then if you want to then refine it, then yeah, you have to then take to it. As a songwriter, and then later as a arranger, and later as a producer. Uh, but that initial spark is the most important thing because without that, you don't you don't have anything.
0: Mm. I also wanted to acknowledge because you mentioned the song "Sweet Collapse." From a language point of view, the paradox inherent just in that two word mm. phrase is great. So Thank did you. that did that come just come to you as as a concept, and you thought, "Oh, that's curious. What am I going to do with that?"
1: Well, it was. I thought I felt that juxtaposition encompassed the story. Mm-hmm. The story is like so much of the album is bittersweet, and that is at the heart of so many good Americana country songs. Bittersweet. There is sad, depressed, lonely, lonesome songs. There are joyous songs, but the ones that really resonate with me are those bittersweet songs. Mm-hmm. And those have always been my favorites. Uh, so that song in particular is is doing that it's talking about the journey and the losses that Mm -hmm. we've taken um but we've only taken those losses because we loved and we had those people in our life and uh so essentially um yeah that song is about continuing on and you know maybe we're going down uh but we're, we're not turning back so i felt that um that line worked well.
0: And given your care with language, because it is throughout all of your work, not just on this album, that, that you're careful, I don't mean to sound like it's overworn or anything like that, it's more that you are deliberate with your word choices because you're trying to convey a story in a short period of time. Have you Did you grow up reading a lot? So obviously we mentioned the poetry, but were you a big reader? Have you always been interested in language?
1: Yeah, always, always, Yeah. Uh, My mother would buy me books all the time. Those were sort of birthday presents, Christmas presents, always a book involved. Uh, Language is important. My parents both spoke very well, uh, always have. So language was just an important tool to express yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Poetry, I started really young, and I felt that even at a young age I thought I had potential uh, I would get those little gold stickers that that was something to aspire for as a young kid Uh, so yeah words have always come naturally to me and um, yeah and and so when it comes to writing music uh, it's again it's one of the one of the it's hard to even explain because in that sort of early period we talked about like a a ball of fire I'm sort of throwing words out there when I'm singing and sometimes in that low state the words may work but you don't really know where they came from and then you sort of come to and you have maybe that line you know take a hold of me now in my sweet collapse and you're sort of like oh okay let's try write a song around that and so some of those lines I don't even know where that came from. You maybe even apply the meaning after. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Sometimes.
0: And you mentioned um, also a bit earlier about songwriting techniques. So did you learn technique primarily from listening to other people's songs? I mean, I imagine you did. But have you also formally studied songwriting? Yeah, I,
1: studied, I studied somewhat, obviously, English and then at university. Uh, so I have techniques and just simple things and understand where alliteration is used and understand phrasing and uh so those concepts are important and then I just break down songs and I break down lyrics uh and uh what it is about that song so and now I mean now I give songwriting courses I've done a few at universities uh talking about you know what what I feel makes a good song. And uh, so now I have more understanding on techniques And but I think early on it was a, a more raw approach and and uh, I probably relied on my producer perhaps at the time saying, yeah. oh, yes, no. And I was sort of just firing up songs, right? Whereas now I can sort of refine the songs myself and go, no, I'm pretty sure this is going to work. Yeah. that's. The benefit of having more understanding of songwriting techniques
0: i did not know that you have taught songwriting that was not in your bio so this is yeah, well, i mean
1: it's not a not a full-time thing but i have lectured at universities and i'll be doing that again next month at Otago university just right. SH's and i'm at tussock country festival we're doing a songwriting seminar so yeah i'll give songwriting seminars and hopefully you know if you speak to the artists. Uh, that I'm working with Karen or Flo or Jeremy who I'm working with at the moment, um, they mentioned like I do talk a lot about technique. So usually when I'm altering, working with Flo's song, I'll say here, we should do this because the Mm. illustration is nice. I prefer if you come back to this line, that phrasing works well. Here, you're in this tense, you're in that tense. So I sort of do that stuff now. Uh, Mm. uh, And it's not to say I wouldn't have done it when I'd started out, but I'm just quicker at that now. So yeah, right. yeah. Yeah.
0: When you're teaching songwriting, do you do you think that your students tend to have common obstacles, I guess, or put obstacles in their own way?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always the difficulty about taking something so raw and personal mm-hmm. and then shaping it to be able to connect and resonate with people. Um, obviously, you don't have to do that. You can write songs just for yourself in your bedroom. But is anyone going to listen to them? So when you come to a songwriting course, you're inherently, I believe, you have come there th- saying, How can my how can I write songs that people want to hear? Mm-hmm. You can write songs that people don't want to hear all day. And if that serves you, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you want to create something that people want to listen to, that's still unique to you, still authentic, and still serving your Uh, yourself in terms of being artistic and expressive well then that that there's a bit of skill involved there and that's what I'm trying to instill like a bit of discipline around that um whether it be talking about techniques like we mentioned earlier about establishing a sort of visceral element Mm -hmm. um, which is important sort of paint a picture so people can go there uh establishing an emotion Mm -hmm. What you're trying to say in the song and i talk about this with a lot of the songwriters you can be esoteric in regards to your song so people don't have to understand but if you don't understand it's really hard to write a song that you don't understand do you know what i mean like you want to be somewhere to hang your hat you need to know what's going on the framework because otherwise you're just lines and it's very hard to connect with just lines mm-hmm random lines that just that doesn't often work but if you can have your own skeleton there you can sort of make the song and then you can display it and people might not understand it but it holds together better when you have a concept of what you're trying to say
0: yeah I'm quite fond of saying to people tell the damn story mm. what it comes down to
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's the same thing it's like uh, I could say yeah what are you trying to say here yeah There's- any sense or that contradicts what you said earlier may sound cool but it doesn't make any sense
0: yeah <laughs> um so that's all great advice for people who are learning songwriting from you is there a piece of advice that someone gave you that has really stayed with you
1: wow you know i mean i don't like to quote my father much me and my father don't get on that well right <laughs> um but in in many ways he was a brilliant man. When I was very young, he said to me, if you want to write a song that connects with people, you should write about loss because everybody's lost someone. Wow. That always stuck with me uh, just in, in regards to, you know, writing from a place where people can connect with and resonate with. Uh, and mm. so, yeah, loss is one of them. See, my father said that to me interesting huh like (laughs) maybe 13 or something like that Hmm.
0: and no doubt at that age it would have a lot lot of impact because you think oh what am I about to lose is
1: that what he's trying to tell me Yeah. well then you do go through your life and you start losing people and you lose and then you go oh right okay I get what you're saying there (laughs) Um, but it's not as simple as that too obviously you can't just write a bunch of songs about loss and I mean people too miserable you won't even get played on the radio it's a, it's it's a it's a it's a yeah it's a precarious dance and you can't fall over the edge you see and that's again that's that bit of sweet that we talked that we talked about earlier mm. if you do that then you can sort of deliver some of that loss and some of that hope at the same time
0: mm-hmm. Well, my advice to anyone living in Melbourne who's interested in songwriting would be to find out where you are teaching songwriting. (laughs) This (laughs) is very good advice. Um, And I don't want to take too much of it because people should go and uh, take a course with you. So I'm going to conclude by asking you if you have a favourite book or author, um, whether from the past or something you're reading now that you'd like to tell us about.
1: My favourite book of the last few years is probably uh, a Japanese author called Murakami, and he wrote the wind up bird chronicles, which is a really large book. And I was, I remember once I was, I went to the library uh, and I love to libraries actually. And I went to the library and I was looking for a book that would just be relaxing because it, uh, I just wanted to chill out. Uh, And so I saw this book that on the back said, uh, a gentleman loses his cat and he goes searching through his neighborhood to find his cat. And I thought, oh, that sounds chill. Like, huh, Tales and Adventures. And it ended up being this psychedelic, mystery, supernatural, uh, wonderful, and horrific voyage. There's a chapter in there that I believe the Japanese translator refused to translate. He said it was too graphic. And Murakami said, no, you will will translate that word for word. So anyone who's read the Wind-up Bird Chronicles will know the chapter I mean, but that 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 book really resonated with me as one of my favorite books in of recent times. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's a character who spends a lot of time down a well. And you yeah.
1: uh, <laughs> read the book then, have you?
0: I have read the book. It is an epic. Um, and the well, oh. the well has stayed with me, Matt.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's sort of a really harrowing and, and also elements where it's kind of sweet. And you sort of don't know where you are, and you don't know what questions will be answered, but it's like a David Lynch film in a way. So, but I kind of enjoy that sometimes those really psychedelic, crazy rides. Um, mm-hmm. i never read anything like it. So yeah, he's a great author though. He has a few sold Norwegian wood and stuff like that.
0: Mm. Well, that is a great recommendation. You have given lots of great information about songwriting and creativity. Matt Jogal, thank you so much for your time. People can find your music streaming services. They can come and see you at a show when you're back from New Zealand. Hopefully you'll be you're about to embark on a a lovely tour to New Zealand uh, with Karen Fields. So hopefully we'll see you back in Australia for some shows after that.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Writing, Books and Music podcast. If you'd like to know more about the writer you've just listened to, please go to the show notes.